Welcome to the Strength in Business podcast, which is all about maximizing your impact by implementing a powerful marketing system that will help you perform at your highest level. And now, here is your host, Chris Rock. Welcome to a new marketing session at Strength in Business. My name is Chris Rock, and today, I'm going to share with you three powerful podcasting tools that you can use to create better audio podcasts while reducing stress and maximizing your outcomes. Why is this important and how is this relevant to you? Well, for one, because you can take these tools, I mean, at least two of them, and use them to create better quality audios, videos, and webinars, for example. And second of all, because what I'm going to reveal to you in this show today might convince you to hop on the microphone and start your very own podcast show. I mean, who knows, right? But before I get into the main topic, let's have a look at this week's question first. And today's question comes from a listener in Spain. It's Manuel reaching out to me with a question about digital advertising. Hi, Chris. In your last show, you talked about digital advertising exploding. Where do you focus your attention? What's your take on Instagram ads? Well, thank you for your question, Manuel, and welcome to the show. It's great to have you in the community. I appreciate your loyalty very, very much. Now, let me get into the answer straight away. My number one focus when it comes to digital advertising is um, Facebook. Why Facebook? Well, I mean, I provided a very detailed answer to that in my previous episode. However, here's my number one reason, and that is that Facebook has the most powerful targeting on the planet. I mean, at least for now. And nobody can beat that. Twitter can't beat that. TV can't beat that. Print can't beat that. So it's Facebook. And obviously my ideal clients are on Facebook too. So there's your match. Besides Facebook, I started doing Twitter ads. I'm still checking things out, testing and tweaking the ads to see which one performs best. And more importantly, why? What is it? Um, Other than that, uh, in terms of digital advertising, I'm not doing, or social media advertising, I'm not doing LinkedIn ads or Pinterest ads at the moment. And I haven't done any Instagram ads so far, mainly because my ideal customer is not on Instagram. And it applies to my customers as well. So their ideal clients aren't mainly on Instagram. My clients are more or less on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook, and uh, less on um, these other channels. However, I will definitely keep a close eye on Instagram ads. And the reason why is twofold. And first of all, Instagram is now showing up in Facebook ads notification in the ads manager. And you'll see notifications such as, for example, your ad is approved for Facebook. We're reviewing now for Instagram. I mean, that wasn't there before, or your ad is approved for Instagram, or your ad wasn't approved for Instagram. View details in Ads Manager, or your ad was not approved for Facebook, but we're reviewing it now for Instagram. So all these notifications, makes things pretty interesting because what this means 
is uh, that we might be able to do uh, Instagram ads just by ticking a box within um, Facebook advertising while setting up everything for Facebook. And that is absolutely interesting. Of course, you have to keep in mind the following. If your ideal customer is not on Instagram, why tick that box except if you want to test things out? And the second reason has to do with Instagram's ads API program that was launched recently. And they have um, added a few partners such as Ampush or Salesforce or Nanigans. And that again makes uh, things quite interesting. So a lot of, a lot of um, changes when it comes to Instagram and Instagram advertising. And therefore I'll be monitoring this space pretty closely. So uh, there you go, Manuel. This is my answer to your question. I mean, I'd like to point out that I'm happy to share my experiences with both Twitter ads and Instagram ads as soon as I have achieved some solid results, but not before that. So uh, Manuel, thanks again for listening to my show and reaching out to me and loads of greetings to Spain. What about you? Do you have a burning marketing question? Hit me up on Twitter at Chris Rock and send it to me. Use hashtag AskChris. Your question might as well be the next one I'm answering in the upcoming podcast episode. If you're looking for further marketing information and resources, visit my blog at strengthinbusiness.com. Now back to our main topic, three powerful podcasting tools to increase your productivity. Will podcasting hit it big? And what is it? This was the news headline back in 2005 at the peak of podcasting. Since awareness for this quote-unquote new medium has been on the rise. In 2013, Apple announced that the iTunes store has exceeded market expectations, topping 1 billion podcast subscriptions, so downloads. Okay, so 1 billion is definitely a convincing number, but what about perception? Do people still ask that obnoxious question that causes high blood pressure symptoms among podcast freaks? And obviously, I'm referring to the question, what is podcast? I guess the only people who know exactly what podcasting is are those who produce podcast shows and the ones who consume that. Hmm, but maybe I'm wrong. Now, let's have a look into the numbers first. The most recent data from Edison Research on the podcast consumer reveals some interesting insights. In 2015, 49% of the U.S. population is aware of the term podcasting, but this percentage has been unchanged for the past six years. Only 33% say they have ever listen to a podcast, while 17% say they have listened to a podcast in the past month. Again, no major changes over the last couple of years here either. If you want to check out further stats, uh, hop over to my blog at Strength in Business and check out the SlideShare presentation on the Podcast Consumer 2015 provided by Edison Research and um, Nielsen. It's a market research institute. Pretty, pretty slick uh, presentation. Um, it's definitely worth uh, checking out the numbers. Now, why does all this matter? 
Okay, so let's say you've gone through the slide deck where at least you, you, you're aware of um, the numbers that I just talked to you about and you're still wondering how is this relevant to me and what are the benefits of podcasting after all? Now, let me point out three main benefits of podcasting from a producer point of view. First of all, podcast consumers are affluent. Three in 10 podcast consumers have a household income of $75,000 and more. Okay, so they're affluent. Reason number two, podcast consumers are highly educated. Again, a great audience to be exposed to. And number three, podcast consumers are loyal listeners. So they exhibit strong social and brand following behavior. Now, by now, some of you might be thinking, wow, nice audience to reach out to and to market to, right? Podcasting seems to be a great vehicle to boost brand awareness and attract customers who actually have a high ability to buy. And this is very important. Okay, so not just a high willingness to buy, because a lot of people have, have a high willingness to buy, but they don't have a high ability to buy. And that's different with the podcast consumer. Okay, so podcasting is a fantastic marketing weapon. If used properly, it can help you not only build your brand and a community of loyal fans and followers, but also position yourself as an expert authority while maximizing your influence in the industry. So for all of you who, after listening to the above, are eager to start their own podcast, I've put together a short list of podcasting tools that will help you make the most out of your podcast strategy while reducing stress and maximizing your outcomes. Now, obviously, there are a ton of awesome podcasting tools out there, and if you like to test several things out for yourself, go for it. However, if you decide to shortcut the learning curve and actually avoid some common podcasting mistakes, and yes, I'm guilty of doing some of these mistakes too, the following tips will come in handy. And um, here are the three tools. Tool number one, spice up your audio podcast with professional quality sound and use a Blue Yeti USB microphone. When I first started podcasting, I used the built-in microphone on my Mac and the quality of my audience was, well, not fantastic, but okay. A good option to start with, especially if you're not sure whether you stick to podcasting for a longer period of time, okay? So if you're not sure you're going to do podcasting or not, talk to your Mac, talk to your PC, it's all good. But as soon as you know, okay, I'm going to be a serious podcaster, go ahead and buy a Blue Yeti USB, invest into a Blue Yeti USB microphone. Now, purchasing a real microphone was probably one of my best decisions in the podcasting game. And I went for a Blue Yeti condenser microphone. It's around $150 and I haven't regretted a day since. The microphone is rugged, uh, provides great sound, and easily plugs into any USB port. It is compatible with both Windows and Mac. 
Furthermore, the Blue Yeti allows you to record in stereo or choose between three patterns, cardioid, omnidirectional, and bidirectional. In addition to that, um, I suggest you invest into a pop filter or pop shield. And this is basically an anti-pop noise protection filter for microphones that serves to reduce or eliminate popping sounds. Furthermore, it helps you prolong the life of your microphone by protecting it against accumulation of saliva. Now, I use a pop filter by Koenig & Meyer that costs approximately $50. If you don't want to stretch your budget that far, no problem. You can get a pretty good pop filter for $10, $20, so no need to go for the $50 pop shield. So the first tool that I share with you was a microphone, the Blue Yeti USB microphone. The second tool I'm going to share with you is a software. Edit your show without the need of a PhD degree in audio programming and do that by using Audacity. Yes, you can mess around with audio and video editing. You can waste quote unquote numerous hours trying to figure out how to best tweak your show and hopefully get the quality you want. But you don't have to go down that path unless, of course, you want to. If you're looking for a less sophisticated way to edit your audio files, to clean up noise, to add transitions, to mix sounds together, and do a bit of cut and paste where it's necessary, check out Audacity. It's an open source editor. This means you can download and use it for free. It works on both Windows and Mac, and it's also compatible with other operating systems such as Linux, for example. I've used Audacity for years to record and do all my audio editing, and it served me very, very well. I love the software because it allows me to convert files into high bitrate MP3s and play around with different sound files. It's a good and stable audio editor, and on top of that, it's free, right? So. Tool number two is a software program. It's free. You can download it for free. It's called Audacity. Podcasting tool number three. Control your RSS feed and avoid future problems by picking a solid podcast hosting solution. And I advise you pick either Libsyn or Blueberry. Libsyn and Blueberry are premium podcasting hosts. Not only are they worth every penny, but they also give you full control over your RSS feed. Your feed is your connection to the audience. When you control your feed, you control your podcast. This being said, I want to point out that a few weeks ago, I moved my show over from Podomatic, which unfortunately didn't give me full control over my RSS feed, and that was a huge lesson for me. Now, I'd like to acknowledge Podomatic for their great services. I've been with them for the past four years. I was a Pro Plus member and I never had any issues whatsoever with my shows. The main reason why I decided to switch, aka to migrate my show, is to number one, have full control over my RSS feed. Another reason was to have access to more in-depth statistics and reports and my new podcast hosting provider is Blueberry. 
Yes, the best configuration for your podcast show is to use your self-hosted WordPress site and embed the episodes with a plugin while using Libsyn and or Blueberry as your media source. What this means is that number one, you control the look and feel of your website. Number two, you control the advertising that is shown on your website. And number three, you control your RSS feed, which in my opinion is the biggest benefit. Now, wrapping it all up, free podcasting tools, paid podcasting tools, the options are endless. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by the sheer amount of possibilities you can choose from, come back to this list of proven tools and incorporate them into your business. A solid microphone, an easy to use audio software, and a proven podcast host will definitely help you achieve your goals faster with less hustle. However, remember the following. Great equipment will only take you so far. You still need an interesting and educational podcast show that provides loads of value to your ideal audience. Now over to you. What are your favorite podcasting tools? What other tools would you add to the list? Send me a tweet at Chris Rock and let me know your thoughts. I'd like to end this session with a quote by former British Labour politician and cabinet minister Tony Benn, who was very well known for his sharp political mind. And here's what he said. Broadcasting is really too important to be left to the broadcasters. Thanks for listening. I'll catch up with you in the next episode. Happy marketing and remember to always play to your strengths. Thank you for listening to the Strength in Business podcast. Submit your questions on strengthinbusiness.com and follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Rock. That's K-R-I-S-Z-R-O-K-K. 